Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us. This is the weekly episode we're doing for What If, where we're taking a look at the different episodes of What If. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin, Griffy D-Pad, and with me as always, Mitch, how's it going? Remember earlier in us doing this weekly thing where I said this is the reason that we're doing the show weekly? Yeah. This is not the episode that is the reason why we're doing the show weekly. This is an interesting week. Um, yeah, the, what if this week is what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Um, before we go any further, remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's full spoilers from here on out. Um, for this and every other episode so far of what if. This was easily my least favorite episode. Yeah, me too. I, I liked a lot of the Easter eggs that we did get in this to you know things we got in the mcu and and tie tie-ins and and things of that nature and i think michael b jordan as killmonger is still one of the strongest villains in the mcu and this episode kind of highlights that but at the end of the day for me and i've been saying this the whole way through the series the episodes that depart furthest from the MC, their mcu counterparts are the ones that i find the most entertaining and i felt like this very much felt like they rushed the end of Iron Man 1 to get to the beginning of Black Panther in the span of about seven minutes. And I yeah. felt like it was just, it was it was trying to do too much with this character by, you know, connecting those two bridges far too quickly in this. I think fleshing this out, this could have been a very interesting concept. I don't think it played off well in a 30-minute format. Also weirdly connecting them through Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> I mean, um, Age of Ultron is the glue that holds the MCU together. I stick, true. I stand by that, and I still think that's a very underrated film. Yeah, um, I can very much put this episode up into two parts. There is pre-Wakanda and when they get to Wakanda. Everything in Wakanda I enjoyed. Everything between them, even though they very much made these characters a lot dumber than they actually are. That that's the one thing that stood out to me is because you got John John Kenny coming back as T'Chaka, and I thought that was great. I thought the the voices they did get back for this. Um, I think the only roles that had been recast here from the MCU were Tony Stark, Pepper, uh, Obadiah Stane, and Kiff Van Inhuvel, and I probably just butchered that, and I apologize. Did a very good Jeff Bridges impression. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, oh, we yeah. don't get Thunderbolt Ross here, and we don't get uh, Shuri because she's. 10 years younger at this point than she should be. So that totally makes sense mm -hmm. from a recast perspective. The rest of the cast coming back to Chaka, Rhodey, Okoye, Angela Bassett as Queen Ramona. Like, I think they, it, it was great to, to hear all those voices, all that familiarity from the MCU. But to Chaka specifically, he is so dumb in this episode of What If. He yeah, knows it's... what he did to Killmonger. Yet he still welcomes him back into his home and shit hits the fan. It's uh, like they just they it. do not give these characters enough credit with this. Like Queen Ramonda is the general of their army. She would understand that this guy is a threat. Yep. And I can I can accept that in the terms of this is what the story is. If they actually did something with it. Yeah. It just ends with 
him being the Black Panther and Shuri's like, hey, Pepper, you were right. I'm like, okay, great. Cliffhanger for a what if episode that's like, we don't know if we're going to get more of this. So why would you leave it on a cliffhanger like that? We do like have the- a confirmed season two. And I think that this could be one of the threads that they pick back, pick back up in season two. Conveniently enough, uh, T'Challa is killed off in this episode. So you don't have to worry about finding someone to replace Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. But I really what we got from Captain Carter. I think this, this is one of those threads they're going to want to pick up in future seasons. And they really got to figure out a better way to give that to the audience because it didn't, it felt like at least for me, it didn't quite resonate the way that previous episodes had. Yeah. For me, the, when it comes down to it, the reason I hated this episode and I'm hate is a strong word. I didn't hate it, but you know what I'm saying is because I actually did hate everything Tony Stark did in this episode. But I think that was the point. It is. It's definitely the point. But genuinely, like, the decisions that this tone, this version of Tony made made absolutely no sense to me. Even looking at Tony's character at the beginning of the original Iron Man movie. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I get he might, he feels the, like, the betrayal of Obadiah and all that, but... This is another he, one where, like, yeah, Tony is smarter than this. Pepper yeah, is yeah. smarter than this. Happy is smarter than this. I mean, Happy and Pepper both see what's going on and try to stop it. But, yeah, I agree that Tony in this, it, it feels like he's making these moves out of a sense of desperation in terms of, you know, giving Killmonger Happy's promotion and then giving him Pepper's promotion that we saw in the films. It also felt like they were just trying to get through, like, it felt like they were trying to hit the same beats that they hit in the Iron Man films here with Killmonger in place of Happy and Pepper and make them feel ostracized. But again, it, it felt like this thing where it was trying to hit the story beats from those movies and in doing so didn't give us enough that differentiated this version of the you, this universe that we all love uh, compared to some of the earlier episodes we got. I think this would have been a great like episode three of what if getting it this late in the season seems like a, an odd choice to me. I'm hoping that they can, you know, prove me wrong with the next, what we have three episodes left of season one. And I yeah. am, uh, I'm still high on this series. I, I really enjoy what we're getting from it. But like I said, when they stick to the script, the script being what happened in the core MCU universe, the Marvel Cinematic universe universe. I hate to repeat myself like that. I apologize. Universe prime. Let's just call it universe prime. The prime timeline, when they when they try to stick as close as they can to the prime timeline with just one little thing that changes and the story rehashes the things we saw in that timeline. For me, it just doesn't feel like they're doing enough to differentiate. And when they don't do that, I don't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I just there's so much negative to me. There's like there's some really amazing moments in this. Like, I don't want to discount those amazing moments like. Everything with Shuri is amazing. I love that. I love everything they did with that character. Her I character l- is phenomenal in everything we've seen her in, and I can't wait to see what they do in uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yeah. And the thing I really need to shout out that was actually really great in this was the fight scenes. Oh, the yeah. fights were beautiful. In that first fight of um, Killmonger versus that initial drone was dope as hell. And then the Wakanda fight at the end is just like there was, I would have loved if there was some differentiation to the drones, like maybe give us the variations 
or plays on the variations we saw of Justin Hammer's drones in Iron Man 2 of instead of it being this one same enemy over and over and over again and the Wakandans really using the one strategy of poke them with sticks, um, mix it up a bit. And that would have been something nice to see, but I agree with you that the combat sequences in this and the comedy and the lightheartedness of it, even though it's dealing with pretty serious topics with Obadiah's betrayal and Killmonger being this mercenary, this Navy mercenary and how that all plays into like the, the war planning or what's the word I'm trying to like the theater of war that we see in this episode between general Ross and, and Killmonger and T'Challa and T'Chaka, Tony Stark. It's, it really lends itself more to the credence of Killmonger that he was able to plan all of this out. We saw a plan executed without any hiccups. Everything went according to his plan. The double cross with Ulysses Claw, killing Rhodey, killing T'Challa. It all went according to, to his plan. And at the end of the day, he got exactly what he wanted, which will probably lead to the end of that universe, similarly to what we saw with Doctor Strange a couple episodes ago. I just wish we had seen that end because... Obviously, we have this theory, and most people have this theory, especially after the mid-season trailer. Of, There's going this to is be all a leading crossover. To I've been saying it since episode one. Cross I think they straight up just out. showed it in oh, that 100%. trailer. They're like, okay, we get it. You understand. You know where this is going. This is this is the MTU we're talking about. Um, This is the first episode that really didn't feel like a part of that, though. Of like, there's these bits and pieces, and if anyone were to pop up from this episode, I would bet you it's Shuri and Pepper. Of These are the heroic people, and these are like the negative instances in which they're in. And this is the only episode, so far at least, where it has been, here's the villain, let's talk about the villain. And like that's interesting when done right. Yeah. But like in Black Panther... Killmonger is this amazing, complex villain that has all of these layers and is easily one of the best characters, easily the best villain, if not one of the best characters, in all of the MCU. Yeah. This did not feel like the same way. See, for me, I did get a sense of the character that we rec remember from Black Panther, but his plan had to be rushed. This format just, you know, didn't lend itself well to, I mean, if you didn't have the context of the character, there's not a lot here to build that character from. You need to have that pre-existing knowledge of the character. And I think what they could have done, they could have done things in a way here that kind of slowed things down. There were some things we maybe didn't need to see in this episode and you could have focused more on the character. But at the end of the day, it does feel like they're building towards continuing this storyline in season two. And hopefully when we get to that point, we get the pots and Shuri versus all of Wakanda and trying to sort that whole kerfuffle out. And I don't know. This feels very Iron Man 1 to me. All of this can't exist without Iron Man 1, but Iron Man 1 in a bubble doesn't hold up compared to some of the other films in the MCU. I'm sorry to say it. It's one of my favorites, but it there's so much that it builds to that looking at it in, as its own kind of singular entity doesn't feel as grandiose as its later entries. And that's what this episode feels like to me within the scope of What If. 
Mm-hmm. I think there's there's two like very interesting episodes of what if that could have come out of this idea. There is the like you will know what if Killmonger had a different plan. What if he had gotten backing from someone else and started a war with Wakanda to find out if his plan is as cool. But the way this episode opens with this like talk of like everything came from the events of of Tony Stark becoming Iron Man. Like that is the MCU. Like in the promo material for Shang Chi, they talk about like this could not happen without Iron Man. There's a very uh, interesting, entirely separate story to tell there, as well. I hope we get that someday. I don't think we will, but that would be freaking cool. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that's... It's very interesting to look at it from that perspective, because I think this episode itself suffers from a bit of an identity crisis, to your point, of... Yes, this very much depends on Iron Man 1 being what Iron Man 1 was, but almost immediately just pivots into what Killmonger's plan was in Black Panther. Why is this happening 10 years earlier? Why why is he in Afghanistan other than the fact that he was infiltrating the Ten Rings? But what caused that? It's it's less like it's it's harder to suspend disbelief that this would be the change in this universe because there's such a time gap between these two stories as they're told in the MCU. Yeah. I think one more thing on that point, it's the, that suspension of disbelief is easier when it makes sense within the rules of the universe. Like that's always my thing of, it can be as unrealistic as you want, but if it's in the rules of the universe that you've set up, I'm good. This didn't feel like it stood by any rules. Like, did no one look into Killmonger other than Pepper? There's no way that would have happened. Did no one in Wakanda suspect? No, there's no way that would happen. So, like, that's that's just kind of my major gripe here. Yeah, there's there's just something about this that rubbed me the wrong way, and I feel it's so funny that I thought I was going to come into this episode this episode and have to like argue with you to the the points that i was trying to make but i feel like we came to the same conclusion which is just crazy because it's kind of felt that way the whole way through this series we need to have different opinions opinions eventually yeah but the problem is we love this stuff so much that we can be critical of it when we need to be critical of it but then also when it does what it does right like it did in zombies like it's done with the doctor strange episode it feels so goddamn good and to come down from the high of those two episodes to this it again it just feels like this is misplaced within the season you throw this in there, maybe not after Captain Carter, but after the T'Challa episode or after the the Nick Fury who done it episode, instead of after the bangers we got with Doctor Strange and Zombies, maybe it would land differently. I'm still curious to see what the last three episodes end up being with our theories that the last one's going to be a crossover. The only one we really know about at this point is the Thor one. So I'm wondering if maybe there is something for... Gamora or the Guardians in one of them, or ooh, I had an idea. Ooh, hit me with ideas. I'm always up for ideas. You know that. What if the crossover is a two-parter? That would be interesting. Right. I don't think it will be the case. I think we're gonna get. I am still, you know, betting on this Gamora episode. Yeah. Um. 
we so let's think about this speculatively just based off of some of the stuff we've seen we still have this post-apocalyptic black widow we do image we still don't know what that's from we have this ultron episode we know that's coming and we know party thor my my guess is that the ultron episode is the crossover yeah same i think this black widow image we've seen is either going to be its own episode or in somewhat related related to uh, what's the words I'm trying to say? This Gamora image that we've also seen. Also, maybe this just got pushed back to season two. Who knows? Like anything can happen, right? Yeah, anything can happen. That's the whole premise of the show, and it's going to be interesting to see over the next three weeks what actually does come to pass. I think Gamora is the most realistic, just because we've seen that. Avengers looking shot when they all spin around and Gamora's one of the people there. See, I think that shots from the crossover though. Yeah, and I think that crossover is going to be our final episode. Yeah, I, I just I can't I can't figure out what that like we 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 basically nailed out at least two of the episodes. I just I don't know what they're putting in the third one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be yeah. interesting. Talking about that commercial for a second, though, we literally have their team name already. Mm-hmm. They're the Guardians of the Multiverse, which is freaking yep. dope. I love it. I love it like, so much. Marvel's already selling pins with these guys on it. I wouldn't know because the Disney stores are closing in Canada. Friggin' Disney not wanting me to spend all my money on their stuff. <laughs> oh, it's it's way too easy for me to spend money on their stuff. I just got a load of like five pins. I'm like, oh, why did I spend this money? So I made the mistake of uh, just walking past tonight, just casually walking past the Disney store, seeing they've upped the discount from 25 to 30%. They've they knocked down the prices on a bunch of items. So something that was already 50% off, then got an additional 30%. And I definitely spent more money at that store today. Rip. There's not much left, but what was left was kind of worth it. I don't know. Who doesn't want an Owl's Toy Barn shirt, right? How dare you support that monster? He's just trying to make a living, man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding around. Uh, bring it back to the episode, though. There is... I do want to give this episode some credit, because we have been overwhelmingly negative. The music in this episode. Oh, yeah. The use so of Elmogra's theme. So good. Mm-hmm. The music. I think it looked great. I think every episode looked great. Um... I stand by that Tony does not look good at all. Um, even seeing those, like, the already established shots, like the Avengers circling and the um, the snap, which, of course, we were going to see the snap at some point. And we got anyway. it in that trailer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to see that without having that, that moment spoiled, but I can't keep myself from watching these trailers. I have no self-control. <laughs> I feel you. It makes me stand, though, that I want something like in canon in like in main universe canon which i refuse to call the main universe the sacred timeline because every universe has its own sacred timeline um at this point i want like an in-universe show with this animation this animation is so consistently amazing i don't think it's ever it's looked not great in points but it's never looked terrible it's always somewhat interesting it's just we knock it out of the park every time, and it looks so great. And I, I'm just repeating myself now. It's awesome. Uh, 
I mean, I was just going to say, you could just refer to the prime timeline by its uh, Marvel canonical designation of Earth 199999. No. Yeah, that's what I figured. Earth 616 is still my, my Earth. Because but that's not the MCU Earth. Yeah, I know. It's the Mysterio was lying to us. Yeah, Mysterio. I did love that little note, though. Of being like, haha, you guys know exactly what this Earth is, if you know, you freaking I mean, spe- nerds. Speaking of little notes, there were a bunch of fun little Easter eggs that we got in this episode. Like, um, I'm going to be like, oh, we can miniaturize an arc reactor. Nah, that's stupid. And then ended up ending up using vibranium as the power source for the drones. Yeah. Um, I love that we got to see um, his robot again. I love that little robot arm. Oh, the dunce, the dunce bot. Yeah. I remember its actual name. Fun, fun too, that uh, we all know Michael B. Jordan, big into anime. He's a voice in some Rooster Teeth anime that I forget the name of because I don't Gen watch Lock. anime much. Yeah, Gen yeah, Lock. yeah. Uh, but Gen just, Lock be like, yeah, well, well, whatever. Well, bin- it's not on Disney Plus. We're not talking about it. Uh, yeah, let's just build you a Gundam. And I thought that was fun. Yeah, he just he embraces it. I oh, yeah. love that we got that in here because just you know that Michael B. Jordan was like, can we please put this in here? Like it's animated. I love anime. We gotta do this. Anime making like the rounds lately after this and then the Met Gala. Yeah, if you really. know, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, Lil Nas, he uh, he definitely knocked that one out of the park. Oh yeah. Um, do you have anything, any other positive points to p- throw out there for this? Because I think we've hit most of them. Uh, I love the callback to Iron Man Two when Tony blows up the atomic structure of vibranium, similarly to what he does with the unobtainium, whatever the the new element he creates is in that film, as well as using the um the surveillance tech that he used in Iron Man Three to recreate the scene where T'Challa and Rhodey are both killed to really drive the point home that he's he's still a genius. He was just kind of blinded by his own hubris and the um the lure or lust for power that Killmonger continues to reinforce with him in this episode. Other than that we don't have too much else to bring up. Cool. Then I have one more point that I want to bring up. And I've been trying to have us be a little positive because this next point is kind of negative. They screwed Rhodey in this. Rhodey hey, did not deserve what he got in this. At least they used Don Cheadle. If they had gone the extra mile and gotten Terrence Howard because that's where this takes place, that would have been both amazing and terrible all at the same time. But hey, Don Cheadle got his Iron Man one moments, and that's all we we're looking for, right? Yeah. Yes and no. No, seriously, though, like, I've mentioned all my issues of, like, no one's so stupid. No one's so stupid. These characters aren't these stupid. Rhodey is not. Rhodey would never do this. And, like, that was just one of my biggest issues. It's like, oh, these characters. These are not the things these characters would do. Still fun to watch. Still a good half hour. At least it was only half an hour. It's going to be interesting to see how the U.S. responds to this act of aggression from Wakanda. To see, see again, we're we're going to see it in season two. They're going to take any of the criticisms you, me, and the rest of the internet have on this episode and build on that for season two. We're going to see it. 
I think it's interesting seeing like how split the internet is on this. I've seen so many arguments both ways. Yeah, I, I, I got into a Twitter discussion today with Matt Rohrbeck, uh, host of the Untitled series of podcasts. I do a lot of film reviews and, and things. And he was kind of on the same page as us of when it's in, when it's trying to stick too closely to the MCU, it feels forced. It's when they do their own creative, take their own creative liberties with it and do an entirely original story that it's at its strongest. So this story, whatever it carries on to into this civil, or I guess not a civil war, this World War Three between war. Wakanda and America. Well, because we see like the Avenge Tony Stark poster at the end. Like we know the U.S. military is going to war with Wakanda with what Ross says. I mean, yeah, I they literally are like ready the Jericho missiles. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to see the aftermath of this. And it'll be interesting to see, like, I don't know, what heroes do they pull together at this point? Maybe they drop the Hulk as a gamma bomb on Wakanda or something. Like, it'll it'll just be interesting to see what they do different because it's that story doesn't exist in the MCU, which is where I think What If is at its strongest. So I think this is setting up for a very strong season two episode. Yeah, I guess what I wanted from this episode at the end of the day was... Less stupid characters. Not even that. Just everything we saw, that's the intro. Show us what happens after. That's the more interesting thing here. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, at the same time, I do want to give people credit where credit's due. Like, the people I've talked to uh, and the content I've watched for it of, like, people that really like this are bringing the points of, like, this is definitive. Like, this is why Killmonger is the best villain, yada, yada, yada. Like, this is so strong on Killmonger's character. And it is. Killmonger is great in this. It's just that everyone else is not this dumb. <laughs> and that yeah. is just such a damper on the experience, on the entire experience of the episode for me. Anyways, that's all I've got. Mitch, you good? Let's see what we get next week. I can't wait. Remember, folks, we do this ep- this every week taking a look at the episodes of What If. That's not the only thing we do. Every other week, we take a look a different Disney, Marvel, Star Wars movie, anything on Disney+. Plus. Last week, we took a look at Shang-Chi. Go ahead and keep an eye out. Go watch that if you've seen it. And keep an eye out next week for our next episode of the show. It's going to be something pretty special. Um, if you know, you know. If you know me, you know how excited I am for this. <laughs> if you don't, keep an eye out on our socials at D plus us. Where we post about that, look for guests, yada, yada, yada. You can follow me on Twitter, at Griffith You can follow Mitch on Twitter, at Mr. Mitch George. Mitch, as always, thank you for, uh, thanks for co-hosting this with me and just being an awesome human being. Yeah, and thanks for putting up with me week after week. <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure out a better way to outro these rather than just We really talk. won't. We yeah, really probably won't. not. Outros are the hardest part. So, rather than keeping on rambling, I'll just leave y'all. Thank you so much for listening and have a magical day.